Welcome to the Metro Detroit Christian Church Podcast. Up next, you will hear a message delivered by one of our pastors or guest speakers. We pray that you encounter Jesus Christ as you engage with this message. I don't know what I'm going to say. Just really trying to trying to follow the Holy Spirit with everything within me. It's fearful, isn't it? Verse six of First Peter two says, "It's also contained in the Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious." And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. So the scripture, that's this Bible, it contains something, a message. God is speaking. He's speaking to the world right now through the scriptures. The move of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of scripture are one thing. It is contained in the scripture. God has spoken and he's caused it to be written down in a book. Written over 1,600 years, 40 different authors, but it's all integrated into one message. And here's what God is saying in the scriptures. You've got to see this. Behold, it's imperative. You've got to see, something has got to capture your attention. God is trying to capture our attention right now in the world. He's saying, look everybody, look what I'm doing. I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. God is laying a stone amongst a people. Zion is a people. Zion is a people movement. Zion is a spiritual structure that integrates with the lives of a people. And the whole structure is connected to a cornerstone. Everything in this spiritual edifice that God is building is connected to a cornerstone. It's the chief stone in the house. It's the elect stone. Precious. It's cornerstone. Everything aligns with this stone. Jesus... How, how you and I interact with the stone that God is laying and has laid in Zion determines our destiny, whether it would be one that is integrated and built up with what God is building, or we have a destiny in something we build that will be destroyed. There's only two destinies on this planet. There's not multiple destinies. God is building a house. At the end of the age, every eye will see what he's building. He's raising up a people all over the globe. He's the only one that can build this house. God is the only one who can build his house. And he is set, according to Hebrews 3, he set his son over the house to build it. Jesus In Matthew 21, 
In the book of Matthew, as the book progresses, Jesus keeps putting more and more pressure on religious leaders and the religious spirit until by the end they're going berserk. He just will not relent. And he, keep telling, he, he keeps telling parables and stories with not-so-hidden messages. And the Pharisees are saying, are you telling these stories about us? And in verse 42, he says to them, the Pharisees, have you never read in the scriptures? It's contained in the scriptures, what God is doing. The spirit is shedding light in every generation on what God is doing, what God is saying, what God is building. God is moving. God is building. God is speaking in every generation. He's a living God. The focus of all of his, who he is, is on this planet. It's a mystery. The one who flung the universe into being with multiple galaxies, with multiple billions and millions of stars. He's focused his wisdom and his power from eternity. All of who he is and his wisdom and power is focused on this planet. And he's contained the mysteries of what he wants to do on this planet in the scriptures. And he sends the spirit in every generation to reveal to disciples, anybody who has eyes to see and ears to hear, he will show them what he's doing. He's telling the Pharisees here, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, and this is one of the most scariest verses in the Bible, I think. I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. With those words, Jesus set in motion a set of circumstances and spiritual dynamics and military dynamics and international dynamics that eventually resulted in the destruction of Jerusalem. Some 35 years, 30, 40 years after he spoke those words. Obliterated Israel's role in stewarding the kingdom of God on the earth. He says, I'm, take, I'm lifting the mysteries of my kingdom that I planned from the foundation of the world. What I'm going to do on the planet, I'm going to lift it off of you as a people. And I'm going to find a people that will bear the fruit of it. And I will rest my eternal wisdom and power on them. I will show them what I'm doing. It'll be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But who, on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And those, this is your choice. This is the choice to the builders of culture. The builders of culture, Jesus said they've rejected the cornerstone. Here's our destiny. Fall on the rock and be broken. Or the rock falls on you and grinds you to powder. So, <clears throat> behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a chief elect cornerstone. The question is, will we integrate with that stone? 
Will we, will we be part of God's building project? Or will we assume our own building projects and just go to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights or whatever? If we fall on the rock, this is, this is how we get integrated. This is how we get integrated into God's building project, fall on the rock. How did we, how did we have this service today led by the Holy Spirit? Is a bunch of people are falling on the rock, letting their agendas just die. If we'll come to him, verse 4 of 1 Peter chapter 2. If we'll come to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Something supernatural. So we come to him and fall. We fall on the rock. What does it look like when you fall on the rock? Tell me, raise your hand. What happens when you fall on the rock? How do, how do you do that? It's a complete exchange. So in the spirit, you literally just, you, 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 you see something in your spirit. You literally, you're, you're falling onto this rock and you are yielding up everything that's you. Everything. Every, get all up. Five minutes ago. Yielding it all up and then drawing the resources. Everything that's in Christ. Letting that come in and direct, lead, guide, fill, govern. That's a way of living. Falling on the rock. Complete yielding. This is your, your day. This is your body. This is your business. This is your building. This is your future. This is your family. Falling on the rock. Complete yielding of any agenda, any effort of my own to build my life. This, it's yours. That's the way we come to him. We come to him. This rock is a living stone, it says in verse 4. It's rejected. It's countercultural. The cultural architects, if I could use that term, have rejected coming to Christ as the chief cornerstone. But God is laying a stone in Zion. He's going to build up his house and he's going to astound the cultural architects of this age. We come to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. And what happens in verse 5? You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we get built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. That looks like verse 9. We get made a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. So this is, we are his special people. This is his time. When we come together, this is his time. It's for him. It's for him, his own special people, that you might 
Proclaim the praises of him who calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now you are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So all this starts happening as we keep falling on the rock. Keep falling on the rock, MDCC. Keep getting up in the morning and fall on the rock. Let go of your agenda. We, we, we're, we're falling on the rock with our building program. We're going to keep giving our offerings, but we're falling on the rock in terms of our agenda. Build your house, Lord. You build it. So just an update. We notified you last week that this church has come up for sale. I'm going to be meeting with our finance committee which is Ben and Ryan and myself uh, and some of our council members, John Aldred. Um, and we're going to be um, looking at um, drafting an offer on this building so we can buy ourselves time. There will be so many contingencies in this offer that we can get out if we just sneeze we can get out without any risk. But we need time, we need at least a couple weeks, maybe a month, to do extensive analysis whether this is really the place for us or not. There's a lot of things we must have. We must have a playground for the kids. This church doesn't have one, but there is an empty lot right to the north of the church. So we gotta find out, can we, can we get this lot? Will the city let us put a playground on this lot? We've had our architect in this week. You know, what can we do with this sanctuary? It's, it's got to change. <laughs> and so we're going to be doing all this research. We're just falling on the rock. When we started a year ago in this direction, it was like, Lord, you are saying move. Start giving your offerings and move, and I'm going to direct your path. It may not be where you think you're going, but it might be. Who knows what's going to happen in the next two weeks? I have other things that are happening and I can't even tell you about. I have no idea what's going to happen, but there's movement. <laughs> Lord, we are a people. We're falling on the rock as a people that our destiny would be in what you're building in the earth. That what you're building from generation to generation would take place. We fall on the rock and amazing things happen. We, we start getting, being built up. Some, some power, some authority, some grace that's not of our own making starts molding our lives. It's not just in services. It's like everything about our life starts getting molded, directed by God to integrate us with one another and with him into a house. It's phenomenal. No human can build this thing. If you fall on the rock, you'll be in that molding process. If you don't fall on the rock, you begin stepping out of God's molding process and you begin putting yourself under his discipline, which is his activity, his work to bring you back into the house construction project. How many of you have ever been in that discipline process where you've been out, you know, just way out there in your own independent life, and pretty soon it's just, pretty soon it's powder. God is so good. Lord, we fall on the rock. Lord, we pray that a great falling on the rock would occur across the state of Michigan. We really need this, Lord. All of, all of us who are in ministry, all the pastors, all the grassroots leaders, everybody needs to fall on the rock. 
for you to build what you want to build in this state. Lord, it's going to be the ego of men that's going to just, just interrupt and disrupt the process of what you're building. Lord, help us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Help us not to be the centerpiece. Oh, Lord, help us. Do you feel the sense of needing help? Let's cry out. We have for help, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but with sober judgment according to the grace that you give us, Lord. Amazing things happen. Amazing things are happening. There's the, this generation that's in universities and colleges right now, they're so broken. They're just falling on the rock. And the spirit is just resting in such a sweet way on the campuses right now. It's not a really a hyped kind of move. It's so sweet. Love of God, just, just loving on a broken generation. You also as living stones, are be, we get built up as we fall on the rock to be a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. That's amazing. Holy priesthood. What do priests do? They offer sacrifices daily. Yeah, that's right. They offer sacrifices daily. Whose sacrifices do they offer? The people's. So priests are acting as a go-between, between people and God. This is amazing. God is saying, I'm going to raise up a priest, a people, Zion, a people. And they're going to be a kind of mediary between the world and me. Now, Scripture is very clear. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2. No other mediator between God and men. And yet Christ has chosen to integrate with a people. He is the great high priest. There is no other priest like him. Nobody can come to the Father except through him. And yet he's chosen to integrate with a people. So that people can become what Isaiah 2 says, where the culture is going to say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the house of the Lord. Let's go up there, that, that, that we be taught the ways of the Lord. They're going to go to a people, a holy priesthood. And priests offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, Christ is revealed in Scripture as a prophet and a priest and a king. And the more we integrate with Christ, the more we take on his prophetic nature, his priestly nature, and his kingly nature. And we begin taking on all these different dimensions as a people. And right now, my, my right ear is, is just burning, and I sense the spirit just opening up ears right now. Spiritual ears. <clears throat> Christ has just decided not to just do the priest thing. He wants to do the prophet thing right now. He wants you to hear, Christ wants you to hear the destiny of the nations. You've got to hear. You've got to hear the destiny of the nations. We're the ones to hear the destiny of nations. We're the ones that get that word from heaven. The cultural architects are not hearing from God. There's a people. 
that are, their ears are being opened to hear what God is saying about the destiny of West Bloomfield, Southeastern Michigan, the state of Michigan. Father, open up our ears. I pray you just, you take all sorts of religion that's mucked up our perceptions, all sorts of teachings we've gotten that have not been about the kingdom of God. They've actually been about some religious perpetuation of the church. Pray in the name of Jesus. You would just, you would just burn in our ears right now, Lord, that we could hear what you're saying about the nations, about our nation. Lord, we're falling on the rock so that what we build here in MDCC, out of MDCC, what gets built will be pleasing to you. Yes. I'm asking, Lord, you would help us hear you, that we'd get another level of grace to make disciples of your kingdom, not disciples of MDCC. I'm asking for cleansing from discipleship into MDCC, that you would give us grace to make form disciples of your kingdom. Men and women who see God, see the eternal wisdom and power of God, who see the promises of God, who, who, who see the destiny of God, and are, are falling on the rock and giving themselves to a people called Zion, that your, your dream would come true to have a house built in every nation. And your, your power, your, 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 your glory would be moving through that holy priesthood with signs and with wonders, Lord. Lord, please break the pattern of religious discipleship. I pray for new earnestness in the house to be a disciple of your kingdom, Lord. Son of man. Lord, we just offer ourselves to be servants, servants of your plan in this state, your agenda for this state. We offer ourselves, we offer our resources, we offer our building, we offer our budget, we offer our lives to, to serve you and what you want to do in the state of Michigan. We will not define ourselves, you define us. Help us to love and serve one another and serve your body. We need help, Lord. I need more help now than I've ever needed, Lord, to, to walk this path you have us on, this path of authority and humility. Oh, Jesus, I ask that you would help us have all the faces of Christ, the face of authority and the face of a man and the face of the ox and the face of an eagle, and you teach us how to be an integrated expression, who you are in the earth. We've got to have you, Lord. We have to be aligned to you. We are coming to you right now, Lord. We're falling on the rock. I see you standing up in this assembly. We acknowledge you. We come to you. Discipline us. Train us. Equip us, Lord. We want to look like you. We want to hear you. Lord, keep theatrics out of our, our assembly. Keep expression going. But theatrics out. 
keep us pure, holy. just keeps whispering to me saying to tell tell you that we're not going to move without you we're not going to make decisions arbitrary decisions about where we're going without a strong sense of unity that's in the council the governing body of the church the pastoral team and a sense amongst the people there's going to be unity of heart, mind, and spirit. Lord, just keep saying, tell them we're not going to move without them. It's your tithes and your offerings that are an expression of your obedience to Christ that's a part of building the house of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would receive honor and blessing for all the tithes and offerings you have brought into this house. I rebuke the devourer in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rebuke him off of your homes, off of your minds. I command every demonic spirit that's bringing any kind of torment into you who bring tithes and offerings in obedience and faith to the king. You who bring your tithes and offerings in obedience to the king, not as a religious ritual. Let every tormenting spirit come off of your life.
verse 12 of 1 Peter 2 says that there's a day of visitation. Put your eyes on that. The end of verse 12 of 1 Peter 2, 1. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Verse 11, he says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, this is the nature of the people that are being built into Zion. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, They may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So there is the possibility of a people who look upon us and call us as evildoers because of the righteous standard we preach. There's the possibility that they can see something and turn and glorify God. That happens in the day of visitation. So, Father, I thank you for the day of visitation that's here. I pronounce a day of visitation. Even as you have been telling us in the end of 2022 and into 2023, you're going to be giving us days of power. We just had another day of power. We thank you that you're messing up our services with your power, Lord, with your leadership. We thank you for the day of visitation. I just release a spirit of exhortation and encouragement into your hearts and into your minds that's going to lift you, lift your eyes up to the hills, lift your eyes up to the Lord from where your help comes. Your help is coming. You are in a day of visitation. You are connected to Christ as the head. In his body, you are in the day of visitation. I pray for expectation, divine expectation, to rest like dew on every house in MDCC. That all fear, all sense of doom would just leave our homes. Lord, the prospect of a good future, the prospect of you visiting us would mark our families. Lord, build us up. We cannot build ourselves. So we just submit ourselves right now. Who's ready to be built up? That's what you're doing today. You're building up your people. You're rebuilding the ruins. Oh. Such mercy and such grace. Who, who feels like a ruin? Does anybody feel like a ruin today? Why don't you stand up? Maybe you're already standing. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, the Lord wants to rebuild you into his house. So the expectation is to be built into his house. And when your expectations are right, you're going to be happy. Have that expectation that he's going to build you into his house. Because he's doing it. That's what he wants to do. That's very clear what the Lord wants to do. He's rebuilding Zion. He's not rebuilding Eden. He's rebuilding Zion. This is what he says he's going to do. That's what we're in. You can look at scripture and then look out here. This is that. 
So, Lord, you see these people who are standing, desiring your rebuilding in their life. Pour out your spirit on them right now. Pour out your spirit on them. You say, I will rebuild Zion. I will rebuild my tent. I will set it up. You're the one setting this up today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that today is a day of visitation. And you're coming, putting your hand upon people, forming each one right now. Cut off all disappointment. All disappointment set in a wrong expectation. Expectation that came from the world. Expectation that came from your family of origin. The Lord's cutting that off right now. What's your expectation now? It's that God is good. He's going to be good to you. He is good to you. He's been good to you. And he will finish what he said he would do. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. That means a cutting off of all, of all weeping and sorrow and sighing. Who's been sighing? Anyone been sighing lately? Yeah, some of you wanted to raise your hand, then you stopped. You go ahead and lift it up all the way. Because he, <laughs> there you go. Sighing has got to go. Even the sighing, even those little places, those little niggling, oh. He wants to deliver us completely. So fall on the rock. Fall on the rock right now. Put all your eggs into this basket. Just fall right onto Jesus. No other way, no other identity, no other expectation but for Christ to form himself into each one of us, Lord. That's our expectation, Lord. Oh. He is making you just like Jesus. He is rebuilding Jesus into you. And Jesus was made to receive the Father's love. There is a way that Jesus was in his persona, in how he was made according to the Father that needed the Father's love. That's Jesus that's how he was. And you are made just like Jesus. Jesus needed to hear the Father say, I, you are my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Jesus needed to hear that. Before he went into the wilderness, that's what Jesus needed to hear. He didn't get strategy. He didn't get a plan. He didn't get hear some good scriptures for you to speak. He said... The father said, here's what you need to hear, son. You're my son whom I'm well pleased. This is what's going to empower you. This is what's going to give you authority to go into the wilderness. This is how you're going to overcome, son, is by knowing that you're my son and that I love you. And then he was on the Mount of Transfiguration again. He gets changed. Talking with Moses and Elijah. And he's about to go on to a, the last leg. And what does the father say? What does he need to hear? What does Jesus need to hear? He needs to hear, this is my beloved son. Hear him. So then he's giving Jesus authority. He's giving Jesus authority by telling him, this is my beloved son. He didn't say, here, here receive a zap of power. Here's some more awesome scriptures. He said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Jesus, you're my beloved son. So now when people hear you, they're going to hear you. Authority's been transferred to you now, my beloved son. And you, we, me, we've all been made just like Jesus. 
Which means you got something in you that needs to hear that voice. And God is pouring that out right now. He's pouring it out right now. That's right, Dan. Go ahead, take it. Take it, Jess. Come on. You need this. You need to know. You need to hear that the Father loves you. You need to hear the Father say to you, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased because Jesus has done something. So receive the blood. Receive the love of the Father. You need it. Do you need it? Do you need it? Do you need it? Say, I need it. Say, you need it. Cry out for it. This is going to give you authority. This is going to give you power for the weak. Whatever you've got coming up, you need to hear from the Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wow. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Pour it out, Lord. Make us aware of that place in us. Make us so aware of that place in us. Because you desire to fill that place. The Lord's building Zion among us. He's sending us out into the nation, sending us out into this state. And this is what he's saying. You are my beloved. Wow. Maybe you want it to be more than that. But I tell you that's enough. I tell you that's enough. That was enough for Jesus. That's enough for you. Step out of religion. Religion wants to tell you you got more to do. You got more to receive. There's something else that needs to happen. That is a religious voice. Wanting to stop the flow of the love of the Father coming to you. But the Father's here in great power. In great measure. The Father is here, releasing love in great measure, so you can keep receiving it. I pray, Lord, that we would be obnoxious about our understanding of your love for us, that we would walk around saying, I am God's beloved. I am. Can you be bold enough to say that that is like something you've mastered? Not that you don't keep needing it, but that you, keep, you know how to receive it. I am, I am convinced. I am so convinced that the Father loves me. I am so convinced that Jesus' blood is enough. I am so convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God, not in a Christian cliche way, but that gives me power and authority to speak, to lead worship, and to cast out demons. Not mastering in a I don't need to do it anymore way, but I got this. I got this. I have got the love of the Father. I've got this. It's coming to you right now. It's coming to you right now, Stephanie. Lord, give us an infusion of power. This is what we need. What happened today, what happened this morning, isn't limited to this building or this time. You know what's true is when two or three gather in his name, there he is. You just start talking to somebody else about it, and he will show up. He will, he's faithful, and he's coming in a greater measure. That's my experience. I'm just talking with people, and he starts saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. I'm going to pour out my spirit in a way that you're not even expecting. 
but I'm expecting him to show up. So, Lord, I release expectation that you will show up. You will show up. You will show up in our conversations. Our expectation is shifting right now. You're going to start showing up in our conversations. When we're just, you know, out and about doing whatever we're doing, you'll show up. Can we worship him? Can we worship him just one more time? I think we'll do House of the Lord. This has got to go somewhere. So it's... There's praise in you. Maybe you're tired. Maybe your physical body is tired. Mine is. So what? There's one last, yeah, one last little deposit that's coming right here. And this is going to send you out in power. Because though this is the house of the Lord, you are. We are the house of the Lord together. And you're going to bring that presence wherever we go. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed wrestling with the Word and the Spirit as you engaged with this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.metrodetroit.org and have a great week.